Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today, we're going to be talking about season four, episode four, where the time travel hijinks just got really out of control. So I'm excited to talk about that. And Zeynep took a turn. So that's exciting. And I'm not drinking anything, but I'm looking forward to dinner shortly after this, where I'll probably drink water. Wow. Yeah. So don't get too jealous. <laughs> I don't have anything to drink, but there's a lot of tea to spill. I'm excited that Zeynep's final ridiculous transformation has happened. <laughs> I like her new glow. Oh my God. That was, I have so much to say about the special effects. <laughs> That's twilight level. Um shine sparkly yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm also not drinking anything i had a coffee shortly before this but i do not have a drink excellent you'll need it maybe <laughs> to take us through all the twists and turns uh, in the time travel of this episode Yeah, I'll just preface it saying, Izzy and Sammy, if you guys want to add anything, my recap is pretty succinct. Succinct. How do you pronounce that word? Oh, God, I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, succinct or whatever today because, I don't know, I did it chronologically again because I the time jumps just anyway. So we left off last episode with Hakan about to be executed the next day and Zeynep stealing the key and walking badassly with the key to who knows what purpose so the episode starts with Hakan in jail um, and he conveniently has a puddle of water in his jail cell because plot again so I want to talk about where that puddle came from later I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) it seems like there was a leak from the roof but maybe he just peed yeah (laughs) that's a weird spot to pee though anyway We'll get to that later. (laughs) So basically, he's like trapped. He has no clue what he's going to do because he's about to get killed. And he sees a puddle on the ground. And surprisingly enough, Valeria decides to appear to him through the puddle and basically say like, oh, you lied to me. Everything you said was a lie and you suck. And he's like trying to explain himself. But of course, in typical TV show fashion, she doesn't let him talk, and then she gets really angry and disappears. So Hakan is trapped forever in the past. TK, of course not. Anyway, so then we go to the present, and the loyal ones are hating themselves, obviously, because they're really stupid. And they got Island killed, and they also lost the key. So what are they going to do? We have no clue. Except they, they're like, top, like, Bedin is like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've always made like rational decision I don't know she says like some weird speech that I just didn't pay much attention to and so I also they don't explain how they got out of the fridge thing so that also that's part of the reason why I couldn't pay attention because I was just thinking about that so basically they decide that what they need to do is blow up the tunnel like the underground tunnel where the key goes I guess they think that that'll do something but basically then Faisal no then Zainab decides to go yep. see the the oracle and oh no 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 wait sorry let me backtrack so Nisan goes to see Zainab and asks her about 
the oracle, like if the oracle has said anything about if, if she found the key and about where Faisal is. So Zainab, like in her new swagger, like, I don't know, she's just like lies her through her teeth to Vizier, like saying that she doesn't know anything about any of those things. Um, and Vizier's like, okay, fine. But like, like she gets really annoyed at her. And then some other, what do we call these? Like immortal loyal ones, like the opposite of the loyal ones. But anyway, goons. Goons, okay. some of her goons come and tell her like, oh, something's going on at the tunnel. So she decides to go to the tunnel and there are three stupid loyal ones trying to put some dynamite on this like thousand year old tunnel. And Nissan's like, well, Vizier's like, well, you guys are doing something really stupid because obviously if this has lasted for a thousand years, it's like immune to dynamite, which doesn't seem entirely true, but I guess. And so while they're having this conversation, she finds out that Zainab got the key and she lied to her about it. So she basically decides that she needs to go find the key because now she knows that Faisal and, and Zainab have a key. So she needs to go find the key. So she finds Zainab again with the Oracle and basically kind of threatens Zainab and says like she needs to do what, what Vizier commands because Vizier is like the Supreme Commander and she needs to get the key and she needs all this stuff. And so Zainab is like, well... I don't care. Let me just, well, like Nissan's like, if you don't do what I'm like, if you don't tell me where Faisal is, I'm just going to shoot the Oracle. And so Zainab just decides to cut the middleman, shoots Oracle herself. And so Vizier has to go and find Faisal on her own. And then in the meantime, in the past, we had Hakan doing all sorts of things to try to get like Vizier to save him from his execution. We had Shidin going and seeing her father about to be executed, which was unnecessary if you ask me, but whatever. And then we also had the old lady, Faisal running into the old lady in the past. Again, we still don't know who the old lady is. And we also had Faisal, like Faisal and Hakan meet up because Faisal goes to see Hakan in the cell. And that's where we find out that that's actually like present day Faisal impersonating Husre is his name. So, we find out that that's going on. So like two people from the future are currently in the past. And so Faisal, basically what he decides he wants to do is A, see Ruya, of course. So he goes and like professes his love and gives her one red rose. And then also he wants to destroy the elixir of immortality because he thinks that destroying that and killing Hakim will lead to Ruya being alive in the future. So he goes and destroys this elixir and kills Hakim. And Hakim is very surprised by the whole outcome because like A, Faisal was the one who actually asked him to make this concoction. And B, like he didn't expect to die, I guess. Like like the, the their relationship changed really extremely and he like didn't understand what was going on. And so at the same time in the past, Valeria wrote this letter and that weird symbol, like symbol language to future Vizier like saying like, yeah, you love Hakan and like loving him or Harun has made you a better person. And like, we immortals are not on this earth to like do good things, but like falling in love with humans is like a flaw that we have and it's made us better people. And like this kind of weird dialogue. And so Vizier like is convinced to help Hakan. 
um, and actually takes the key to him in the past, in the, yeah, in the present. And that enables Hakan to come back and like they have a conversation and Vizier now remembers all the things that happened while Hakan was in the past. So like that day and like how she uh, wrote that letter to Vizier, future Vizier, but all this really convoluted time travel stuff. And so Vizier's like, okay, what do I need to do now? Cause like she just remembered that she needed to save Hakan and that or like to bring him to the present. But then she's like, okay, so what do we do now? And Hakan says, so I need to make these, this elixir to make all the immortals mortal in the past and therefore like not a threat in the future. And she says, okay, great. But the fact that Faisal killed Hakim in the past makes it so that I don't know the formula for this elixir. So I can't help you now. So then we're at a dead end in that part. And then in in the other part, Zainab is like, she goes to see the Oracle that somehow hasn't died in agony after like a gunshot wound to the stomach at a very close range as every gunshot wound on the show for some reason. And so like the oracle dies and makes Zainab the oracle. And then Faisal walks in and sees Zainab as the oracle. And that's where the episode ends. I don't know if I missed anything, guys, that you want to add. I don't think so. I think that was everything. So now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. Where do you guys want to start? Maybe the prison. (laughs) We can go from there. I think it's going to spiral very quickly. (laughs) The prison puddle? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I I forgot to mention that part in the plot summary where this random other Akinji, I guess, goes to see Harun and is like, you're the worst. But somehow Harun convinces him to take a note to Vizir, who then saves Hakan from death. Yep. Or Harun. I don't even know what name to call all of these characters because they all have like three names at this point. And I couldn't tell if he was his real brother or not just like bro. No, I think it was like bro. I don't think it was his brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, he was another Akinji or like co-worker in the soldier profession. A lot of things don't make sense. It could very well be but that. So very, or I thought he could yeah. be a palace guard, but like then Hakan just impersonated a palace guard, so it wouldn't make sense. I was getting. Do you guys remember when Hakan was locked in the psych ward? I was getting real psych yes. ward vibes when he was just like screaming from his cell. Yes, that's a yeah. That that was when Faisal like no his brother when his brother saved yeah. him from the yeah. What a useless character he was. There's a mysterious puddle in the middle of the cell that I assume is several stories underground. And Hakan just can't resist splishing and splashing all over this puddle. Like, he puts his hands in it so many times. I don't understand. It's definitely urine. 100% (laughs) urine. I didn't even think anything of it. Like, I wasn't bothered or disgusted by it at all when I was watching this episode. I mean, <laughs> you were like, wow, that puddle looks fun. I'll play, I play like, it I would have done that. Like, how fun to put a water feature in the cell. Breaking <laughs> <Very> humane. 
it reminded me of that Pirates of the Caribbean scene oh, yes. um, from the movie, but also the ride where the yes. little dog like brings the keys and like it, it was just very reminiscent of Pirates of the Caribbean. Except that the Pirates of the Caribbean with the little dog was so much more realistic and believable than Hawkon's prison escape. Like what <laughs> the fuck know. was that? Like the the oh. fire device? That was so dumb. Yeah, honestly though, the least believable part of all of it was that he was wearing white socks. Oh, yeah, when were socks invented? <laughs> I don't think socks existed then. I don't know if they did or yeah. not, but like white socks, like they would be really dirty. They wouldn't be white at that point. Like even his shirt is like fake dirty, but his socks are like really white. So that really confused me. That is. I'm gonna. Weird. I'm looking up what the advent of socks. this should have been our history section damn it i mean we can always do this again i love i will always be willing to talk about socks (laughs) i mean history oh okay the earliest models were made from animal skins gathered up and tied around the ankles in ancient greece that's a while those greeks were civilized yes they didn't want stinky shoes oh wow but yeah, there were oh, there were cotton socks. Wow, really cool pattern. I'll send you guys this later. Um, <laughs> in the 12th century in Egypt, like I would wear that. Sock. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. Okay, so it could have been socks. Not gonna be white socks. I agree. <laughs> I just feel like like prison breaks are such a classic genre of action movies. Back on my action movie soapbox, like that could have been so good, and it was so lame. Yeah, it doesn't even stand out. To- You're asking too much of this show. I know. They spent more time thinking about his socks than they did about <laughs> Prison Escape. They spent all their money on Zaydep's glow. <laughs> oh my god. Are we just going to talk about that now? Because I'm so down. <laughs> oh, we got we to gotta string the viewer, the listener along oh a little bit. <laughs> um, there was also like, Vizier coming to get him was cool. Like, she looked cool shooting the arrows. And then he had literally the lamest like stage acting sword fight I've ever seen How in my he whole to use life. Sword. I had the thought. Dude. Did you see that? Sword. That was so pathetic. It was terrible. And like also, how would he even know how to do that? He can't he can't even he can't even throw punches. IRL. <laughs> yeah, that's part of what I was gonna say. Like all of a sudden he's a really good fighter after like there were two seasons where the whole idea was that he was a really really terrible fighter and Zainab even like called him out on it really recently yeah yeah like this a swing a sword around in a way that prevents you from dying is a very difficult skill to master there's like <laughs> no way to just like instinctively know how to do that well judging by that display he didn't instinctively master it but the janissaries just dropped dead of fright upon seeing him <laughs> they were like, or laughter so maybe they were just laughing so hard they passed out uh, I, I think they're just scared of that bald cap slash braid that is more <laughs> perturbing to me each episode because it looks so plasticky but his whole scalp <laughs> looks really plasticky yeah at one point when he was in the cell they really <laughs> zoomed in on the paint you know? and, and it, it looked really scary, scary. <laughs> oh my god i think we all have to take an oath to like no n- none of us can ever for any purpose any costume any event ever wear a bald cap like, just, <laughs> yeah. no no i feel like never. also it must be so uncomfortable Ugh. yeah okay also talking about props i need to mention this because it was also highly disturbing um did you see like right next to that hamam fountain or whatever that is or like a jacuzzi i don't even know what that is 
um, there were like two stone greyhounds. Yes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like why where did they come I think from they spent all because the budget on those there. greyhounds rather i know i, I missed it's like, like a friend's stuff. greyhound like that plastic greyhound in the in the apartment <laughs> or what? It, it was, was two like life-size greyhounds made out of stone like that's what they spent all their budget on rather than like all the episode well, i think that and the weird accessories on Nissan's bra. The <laughs> yes, I wanted to talk about those bobby pins in her cleavage so badly. I didn't see any of this. I was like, I was kind of half asleep for parts of this episode. Um, <laughs> I just want to know whose oh design choice the dogs were. Was Faisal like, I am not traveling to the past unless I have my greyhound statues <laughs> to protect me? Idiot. Well, they, they had like a really horrible, I noticed a really horrible like kind of like a reddish stone lion sculpture in the middle of one of the tables in the weird where in the weird apartment that like everyone lives in and all activities oh. happen in <laughs> oh the hammam yeah the hammam yeah <laughs> you get a sister in there, the hammam just water water places yeah i feel like we did we talk about sisters ever in the history section no. Or how much? I think we talked about the history of Mehmed the Conqueror in Cisterns. No, we've never <laughs> talked about it. Should we talk about Vizier's new outfit? Because it pained me. What was he wearing? I, I didn't notice anything. What are you talking about? The boots are also disturbing. She's I been can't. wearing like see-through black lace this whole time, but oh, this, this time year. she got a deep I, V. I was thinking who stripped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then there was like weird like bobby pins like sticking out of her bra's yes. underwire. Yes. They look like antenna. <laughs> <laughs> like bugs. Oh or like a God. walkie. I thought she had a walkie-talkie or like a microphone in her bra. It was and then so I realized it was weird. like it was a decorative purpose. And then she was wearing like faux leather shiny pants, shiny leggings that were really unflattering. And they literally zoomed in on her camel toe at one point. That was really unfortunate. Oh no, I did not notice that. Thank God. Yeah, when because the, they were really shiny. We tried to watch when the show. Like, I, hated I do them. like looking away, half asleep, <laughs> snacking. <laughs> but we don't we don't speak Turkish fluently, Ezgi. So if we don't it's watch, true. we don't understand. Yeah. True. And then I I would have yeah, if I were in your position, I would have caught a camel toe sighting. But they got yeah, it. Exactly. they literally zoomed the camera in because it was like the um our idiots our team of idiots were like oh and she has the key and then they zoomed in on her key holster mm. but it also happened to be her crotchetal area i felt really bad for her because <laughs> she because she had a lara croft type situation where yeah. she has like all oh. sorts of things like strung to her leg yeah, You're dirty. yeah. that's terrible <laughs> like a knife and all sorts of weird shit like the key yeah Speaking of our team of idiots, they were going to blow like 50 tons of TNT from five feet away. They were just like huddling under, like next to a small, tiny little mound in the ground. Like, I didn't get that. The stupidest thing is that they actually say like, oh, are we too close? I don't want to die. Or like, I don't want to blow up. And it's like... They're literally five feet away and they're not hiding behind anything. <laughs> like when they do that shit that on Mythbusters, really they're like 500 feet away behind like 
bullet resistant glass. I have like a real question though now for the tea section, which oh, is no. why do you guys think that Vizier didn't kill Zainab when she could? Plot reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes Oracle no sense. related reasons. Why but also, why does the Oracle her? need to need a successor though? Like, and like the way they painted it in previous episodes, like the Oracle has like a genetic succession line. So like, how could they now just have like a random Zaynuk in the succession know. We line? don't know that it's genetic. I don't think there was anything suggesting that was genetic. But th- they said something about it being like a family of oracles. Like something that made it seem like it was like passed on from like I mean, I think, family well, member to family. No, I mean, I don't think I had any conception of how the, I mean, one could lot, you know reasonably assume that it's a biological family line but i didn't catch anything that was a strong indicator other than like you know personal biases of like how these things may work but i think the upload mechanism <laughs> was pretty clearly illustrated this time just freaky yeah i mean i'm glad it gives Zainab a chance to you know change it up a little bit but shooting the oracle in the gut was not her finest moment no and I mean, I'm pretty, like, firmly on the side of, like, at this point that, like, I don't know, killing Burak and all this stuff, like, it wasn't some convoluted plot to gain the immortal's trust and she's actually good, yada, yada, yada. I think she's pretty much corrupted <laughs> through and through. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's definitely clear yeah. at this point. I did really like, though, I felt like it really subverted the trope when Vazir was threatening the Oracle and Zainab just shot her. Like, that was great. I really like that. Although I still don't understand the point of killing the Oracle. Like, the Oracle is just talking to them in, read- in riddles. She's not providing, like, information that they can use, even if they torture her. And Oh, and they also answered a question about what they were injecting into her. But I don't know. I'm just... The role of the Oracle is extremely confusing to me. It seems like just the plot... Like oh, we don't know how to advance the plot. Just call the Oracle in. Well, I think yeah. I think the reason that Zainep and the Vizier were willing to dispose of her was because they weren't getting any use out of her and she was just pissing them off. So they don't, they like, they would agree with you that, like, she's not good for anything. But for the plot, yeah, the purpose was to, I guess, make Zainep, like, the fifth different version of herself that we've seen on this show. However <laughs> many versions of her we're on now kind of on the same vein as your question why didn't Vazir kill Faisal I don't understand that at all yeah that would have been a great choice I think she just wants to see him suffer because she knows that he's in love with Ruya and now there's no future to that why is there no future I why didn't killing the potion bring her back I don't understand that uh, my theory is there's a number there's a bottle number two somewhere in the past still Ooh, you think he stored a bottle before he got? Well, there were two bottles in the. That makes sense. In the form, you know, form yeah. previous seasons, there were a couple different. Yeah. I actually had had the question about whether they divided that into two separate vials, or like why now there's one and there used to be two. That's interesting. You guys are very observant. I did not pick that up at all. He has to have made mortal, yeah, somewhere. So that seems like the only way. Was the vial he poured out the chess piece or no? No. Ah. Uh, no, it was like a a fatter bottle. Thing. Okay, gotcha. 
Gotcha. Well, that's what makes me think, because I think the one that he poured out was way bigger than the chess pieces. So that's what made me think that they probably, like, put it into two separate chess pieces because it wouldn't fit. But just the fumes from that thing are enough to make this guy's nose bleed. So that makes me think that it's not very clear, like, how many doses you can get from that bottle like that's something that they haven't really talked about yeah it seems like if if just a whiff get makes their noses bleed it seems like a full-on like chug would just kill them like not even make them mortal like it should just Mm -hmm. like kill them Mm -hmm. but in the you know when when um ria received a dose whatever whatever season that was it was she didn't even like realize what happened to her shocking and consistent the first one of the show (laughs) Else yeah, thinking. clearly. <laughs> she also looks like scary dead. Like, I guess they're trying to do her makeup so it looks like she's decomposing. Not. But she just looked like really bruised. Yeah. She looked real dead. Scary. I was like thinking, oh yeah, she's going to wake up. And then I was like, wait, she looks like real bad. Well, she looks like so. bruised from the car accident, but like not decomposed, which was a little bit weird. Yeah, that's a good point. But I guess how much time has really passed? Yeah, I don't know. We have no idea. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> no one knows. Showrunners yeah. were keeping track. Time is a flat circle or whatever. I mean, they don't. Oh, well, like, oh my god, time. time travel nonsense. The shenanigans. Oh my god, yeah, that was just like if we think about those theories that you shared with us, Sammy, like in a previous history section. I don't even understand because, like, where does Faisal's consciousness go? Because, like. They're, like the immortals consciousness is like a circle because they know what happened in the past like they yeah. also don't explain how their memories work so that's just really confusing because like they can remember i guess they can remember everything that they lived but at the same time like where does like that faisal from that time doesn't know all the stuff that's happened afterwards so like where does that faisal go yeah it must get like like Hustrev, when when Faisal comes back to the present, Hustrev's memory must get a refresh, like at that time, where he would know that he poured out the elixir, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then present day Faisal is surprised to see Ria in the in the inner sarcophagus still, because his memories include his old journey back to fourteen fifty nine. My head is killing somewhere me. along the line. I saw <laughs> like a few months before the sarcophagus thing knows that Riyadh died, but like, where is that consciousness and all this and those memories? That's where I kept like getting stuck. I need you to draw me a diagram. I have no idea what's going on. Honestly, they, they really didn't think it tr- through because it makes zero sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like now, Azin knows about a future where everything went to shit so like how like that's just i don't know i feel like that would lead to a lot of fucked up that's things. still not clear like if all this meddling in the past where you know harun doesn't have a good relationship with mehmet and so these objects haven't been commissioned yet like is he gonna ever get it to that point back in the past or is he completely fucked that up now yeah good point. Escapades. good point he did have the dagger in this episode so i guess not how did he go from being an an akinji to being the protector i feel like they're never gonna explain that we'll never find out because he's already fucked it up yeah and then also 
why how are they anchored to that particular moment in time like why couldn't Hakan go back two days earlier and get the potion before Faisal can destroy it yeah like what yeah. is drawing them well, to that point in time that keeps progressing yeah the plot yeah and also like what what happens if Hakan get well of course like if he gets killed like future Hakan wouldn't exist but then what happens with his physical body and stuff like if 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 Hakan was just always stuck as Harun, like, would he die in the present? Or, like, what would happen to his body? <laughs> no idea. And, like, would he be born and, like, live his life up until that point just to, like, get stuck like that? Disappear. Oh, mm-hmm. God, it's so confusing. God. They just, like, did not, really did not think this through. No, I feel like when you're dipping into time travel, you have to have everything so clearly mapped out and planning is not a strength of this show <laughs> no just go for it gotta respect that <laughs> just start shooting i feel like that's gonna happen with with the old lady they've been building up all this stupid what like, anticipation the with the old lady the old lady i'm so done with her and we're not gonna know who the old lady is and it's gonna be really obnoxious it's visited in 40 being after being made mortal and being old as fuck come <laughs> back to 1450 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's what so either that or she's like shit in when she's a protector oh. gets the key Ooh. <laughs> yeah she didn't that's why she's always looking for to 2019 that's what is missing that is the ridiculous uh time hop cameo that needs to happen also, why do they even have shit in? Like, God, oh, I like asked humanizing Harun, or like <laughs> every time. She's right, on I think screen. she's. I think she's cute, but they're like investing us in a character that's gonna have no importance. Like, ever. why was she in this episode? She. But why? Did you guys catch what Azim was gonna make her for food, like her dinner? Yes, <laughs> bread and <Yeah>. honey. <laughs> bread with honey and, and butter. That's the best bread, though. Oh, oh, they put they put butter in the um, in the English subtitles. And they just said no. They just said honey and bread. I don't know. Just honey. yeah, I think it was honey and bread. But I just thought like, about you, see even you thought, what I ate in Turkey, which was always something a little bit more nutritious. Like some <laughs> honey and bread well it's a it's a miracle that that child is not like overweight from all the (laughs) (laughs) like just bread well she only gets fed when these idiot men remember to feed her so that probably happens like once a week (laughs) (laughs) oh no of course she didn't but she's a precocious child she can go to the equivalent of the fridge from that time yeah the cabinet whatever what (laughs) did you guys how much did you love the vizier emotional time capsule letter because i loved it not at all i was yeah very much checked out of that scene too i didn't really catch all the details (laughs) yeah i just saw the the like symbols and i was like okay so i guess (laughs) this is her somehow convincing visit like it's weird because like even so, even though they've sur- subverted some tropes, and like made Vizier the leader and all this stuff, like literally there's one part where it says like, yeah, you from your heartache decided to destroy Istanbul, and it's like, like they fucked up the whole plot when they made it about like yeah her broken heart and how she decided to 
explode everything. Also, like, yeah. her reason for being sent to this dimension or planet or whatever, you know, Earth is to them, was to carry out the duty of destroying stuff. Right. Exactly. So, like, my exactly. Point, what happened to her is she got a little distracted. This guy turned out to be trash. So she was like, okay, fuck these people. Fuck these humans. I'm going to go yeah. back to my job. Like, it's yeah. not like exactly that would be much more normal of a plot that just made me mad i did at least they were consistent with the potion is destroyed so she doesn't know the potion formula although it was very confusing at least in the english subtitles like how she said it but she yeah no in turkish it was confusing too because basically what she said was like yeah i definitely did know the formula but right in the past you just like it got poured out so like i never i never learned like so she she knows that she should know but like she doesn't <laughs> oh but in, yeah exactly in the subtitles it said it was because they killed the doctor dude so he could never teach her right how to make but it. she knew that she knew and yeah other- but that she says like i know the formula and then she says i don't know the formula it's very confusing <laughs> <laughs> Also, why did he why did he kill the guy so he couldn't make any more? Yeah, I, I guess so he couldn't tell anybody the formula. Hipster dude is always like the, the first to go. Bait. <laughs> yeah, he's the sacrificial lamb of the group. Oh, and also where where I I insist where our friends Piraye and other dude. Yeah, curly and uh, working. Because <laughs> like this is the very beginning of the story. It wouldn't make sense for them to be dead. Oh, yeah exactly yep there was no way to kill them (laughs) (laughs) exactly all right should we move on all right so today for our history section we are going to talk about executions in the ottoman empire and capital punishment uh because of hakan's near miss with the executioner this episode and wow I suggested this topic without really having looked into it, and then we started researching, and good God, this is some disturbing stuff, guys. So here's a warning. <laughs> just uh, just beware of what's about to come. Also, just be aware that you're not going to read about this in Turkey, like, ever. I've never heard any of this stuff until, like Sammy said, we, she had this idea and we started researching, like, some of the stuff that we're about to share happened on the grounds of Topkapu Palace, which is probably the most popular museum in Turkey for tourists and uh, Turkish people alike. And I, I ain't never seen any of this. <laughs> no, anyway. They do not advertise this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sammy, do you want to, do you want to kick us off? Uh, with some okay. Of I'll start with an anecdote. The executioners of the Ottoman empire were extremely brutal and a lot of sources attribute this like very violent punishment of crimes as part of the reason that the Ottoman Empire flourished. I guess you could compare that to modern day Singapore. There's something to be said for really horrible punishments for minor crimes. But uh, let's see, there was a teenage sultan named Osman II, who uh, in 1622 was murdered <laughs> by compression of the testicles. <laughs> Involved, literally burst. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, the, you know, so apparently we just learned that the Fatih Sultan Mehmet, the conqueror, Mehmet II, 
actually was the one who invented the law of fratricide, which is where the sultan who's going to become the ruler murders all of his brothers. And the apparently there's a Mongolian slash Central Asian tradition where you don't spill the blood of royalty. And that's why in the practice of this fratricide, um, everyone was usually strangled. So that's fun fact. And I mean, later on, what happened just to footnote that later on, what ended up happening was they moved away from the law of fratricide, even though I'm sure it was still on the books, but no one was really um, following it anymore because it was perceived as brutal by the outside world. Especially oh, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems kind of, seems maybe kind of harsh if you think about it, but I'm not sure. And they moved toward just naming the eldest male heir to the throne um, as the new sultan, which, uh, again, as Sammy said, some historians attribute the demise of the empire to this practice because these uh, princes, Shehzades, were kept quite literally in gold cages, uh, like very fancy rooms buried deep within Topkapu Palace, not offered any contact really with the outside world, definitely not allowed to, you know, run anything under the law of fratricide as we I think in the last episode we discussed princes were stationed in various fortress complexes around the empire and were kind of like the the governors of those fortresses and the provinces that they they sat in so they had some ruling experience but as the empire uh, aged this practice went away the fratricide thing went away and you got some real weak rulers so uh, who had no kind of governing practice or fear for their lives so (laughs) it kind of made them soft uh, I hate to say so anyway interesting that you know one of the consequences of this may have discontinuing this may have been the empire having a string of very weak rulers beginning in the really in the 18th century now I think we want we want to talk about gardening I think now yes I think we should so Speaking of weak rulers, there were some not weak rulers in the history of the Ottoman Empire. One such person was Sultan Selim I, Selim the Grim, as he is known in the West, who reigned for only eight years, but actually went through seven grand viziers and ordered 30,000 executions. As you can imagine, that takes a lot of manpower to execute 30,000 people, but there wasn't actually an executioner position within the Ottoman Empire. The head gardener for the palace grounds was actually also the head executioner. So makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's kind of messed up, but I guess if you really like gardening, there's, you know, some perks and some drawbacks to the job. Another quite uh, not weak sultan was Ibrahim, Ibrahim the Mad, I guess, who once had all 280 of the women in his harem executed by sewing them into weighted sacks and dropping them in the Bosphorus in order to be able to pick new women for his harem because he thought that seemed like fun. And yet again, I'll remind you of Hakan swimming in the tropical waters of the Bosphorus and how lovely and clean that looked when you think about what's actually at the bottom there. Just, I just had a really good show idea. I think we could expand to having our own uh, soap opera after this. The Reluctant Gardener about <laughs> a, head ex- a head gardener who just really wants to garden, but he's made to execute so many <laughs> Oh my God, that would be so good. <laughs> coming, coming in 2021, people, it'll be like a, a radio drama. <laughs> 
Do you want to talk about when viziers were summoned or should I? Oh, you mean, uh, you mean the, the workout? The workout. I if think you're you a vizier, to. guys, if you ever get like a LinkedIn invitation to become a vizier, just make sure that you practice your running slash sprinting skills. Yes. Yes. No, you should. You should. What? Share, Sammy. Okay. So, I'm very confused. Yeah. Well, Sophia, this topic is insane. You don't even know what's about to happen. That's really awesome. <laughs> Sounds really exciting. When uh, very senior officials in the Ottoman Empire were sentenced to death, they would be summoned to the office of the head gardener, who is the head executioner, as we said. And the gardener would hand them a glass of sherbet, which is like a concentrated fruit juice drink. And if the sherbet was clear, then they were fine. If the sherbet was red, they were about to be executed. But he would just do that to keep it, keep them on their toes or like... Yeah, I'm not really sure why they would do that. I guess the gardeners were a little bit sadistic. Like, what happens if you get the clear one? Do you talk about, like, the rose selection for the next season? Yeah, you do. (laughs) Tulips. (laughs) So if the person was a grand vizier, then they would get the chance to save themselves. Uh, As as you mentioned, this is a lot like the, what's it called in Game of Thrones? It was like a, it's like a duel. I don't know what the official word is though. If they use in the show, if they use a different word, but it's like when they have someone champion them uh, and they uh, fight to the death with swords and stuff. Right. So the way they did this in this situation was that the head gardener and the grand vizier would have a foot race in the grounds of Topkapa, about 300 yards from one part of the garden to another. And if the vizier was able to beat the head gardener to the spot of the execution, then he got the execution stayed and he was allowed to live. If he didn't beat the head gardener, then he was executed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. 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 Can I can I share my uh, gruesome anecdotes? <laughs> yes, please. More gruesome than this. Okay. So uh, I have to I have to give credit where credit is due. I found a listicle. Uh, not to be confused with the testicles that were crushed. Um, on the- <laughs> oh, God. I found a listicle on theguideistanbul.com, seven traces of Ottoman executions in Istanbul. Like I said at the top of the segment, ain't, ain't nothing about this like written anywhere in the city. I had no idea about any of this until uh, like 20 minutes ago. So first gruesome anecdote. One particularly creative executioner um, named Farhad A in the 16th century, uh, decided a particular soldier who had con- kidnapped an imam's fiance deserved a more interesting execution than just like, I don't know, a beheading or something like chill. He broke all of the soldier's joints using hammers. Then he took this much more flexible man and made <laughs> him into a ball, wrapped that man ball into a greasy cloth and put the greasy cloth covered man ball into a cannon. <laughs> He's been shot. So he was like so extremely bad. Um, I don't then, mean to be laughing. That's really horrifying, and I'm definitely gonna have nightmares about the greasy man well, ball. Well, uh, here's uh, the next story, which I, I was gonna read to you before we started recording, but you told me to stop. So I wanted you to save it for the people. Yes, you, we're gonna get your full, you know, un unprepared uh, reaction for this now. So. There was a special method of execution for pirates. Um, it took place on the shores of Eminönü, which people who have been to Istanbul will know as 
the neighborhood where the Spice Bazaar is located and, and uh, the new mosque. Uh, so very, very touristic area. So on the shores of Eminonu, these uh, convicted criminal, well, convicted, I don't really know what the process was for convicting these people. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they were all guilty, don't worry. Yeah, everyone, yes. If they say you are, you are. These criminals were brought to a large wooden frame with metal hooks attached to the top beam uh, of the frame. The executioner tied the criminal's hands and feet together behind his back. He used a rope to lift the criminal up above the top beam. And uh, the Adam, the rope was released and he dropped on the hooks and that was, and he just stayed there until he died. (laughs) Very uh, seaworthy impalement. Oh God. Yeah. And the only known instance, recorded instance of a Muslim, Ottoman Muslim woman being stoned to death was for having improper relations with a Christian man. And this happened next to the Aya Sophia on the Hippodrome in the 1600s. So I thought maybe stoning, just because I feel like that figures into various dramas from time to time was uh, more common, but apparently it wasn't that common. Whereas this other random ass shit we talked about happened. (laughs) (laughs) So much more gruesome than that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently like, I mean, obviously there were some real creatives employed by the gardeners, but uh, for the most part, executions were decapitation, which is actually what got me interested in this topic because Hakan's executioner guy had like a little machete. And I don't know, like I haven't physically tried this myself, but I'm pretty sure you need a giant ass heavy item yeah. to sever someone's head from their yeah. neck. Yeah. So I was just a little confused by that. It's probably like the force of the but, person, but I don't imagine that. Yeah. Like, obviously, it has to be both, but... Did you want to talk about the stuffed heads, Eski? Oh, yeah. So this is, like I said, this is just not a thing that's written um, as you're walking into Topkapu, but apparently, especially, I think, our friend Satan the Grim liked to do this <laughs> a lot, apparently, because he had a lot of heads to, to display. 30,000, um, yeah. By the way, he was also a Sudeman from Magnificent Century's father, so that's where he sits on the overall timeline. Anyway, so imagine if you had to succeed that guy, first of all. Like, <laughs> My God, um, the daddy issues. I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he must have, well, those, that fratricide must have been extra intense. Um, anyway, <laughs> so not just him. In, this, in the same kind of era, um, the, the sultans like to display, make trophies out of the folks who were executed by mounting the severed heads, stuffed with cotton if they were viziers or stuff with hay if they were commoners on the gates of Topkapu just as you're walking in. And uh, I think, yes, Satan was the one who also uh, made, you know, smaller displays of like noses, ears, hands, other small, small objects from people's bodies. So yeah, when you're walking into Topkapu, if you've never been, it's like a very nice kind of like garden area. It's like a cafe within the first kind of set of gates and then you walk through some metal detectors and it's like oh i'm in a palace cool there's no heads and nothing about the heads i'm thoroughly disgusted we've all taken many tours of topkapa and we also took ottoman history classes and none of this was mentioned at all we need to we need to find an istanbul ghost tour if one exists oh my yeah. god that's terrifying 
<laughs> also, how did ha- what happened when they rotted? I think you just kind of leave them to rot on there, don't you? I feel like they don't like. <laughs> but what a horrible smell! Yeah, like, I guess oh, everything smelled bad in that was- time, but still. Yeah, I think. Well, I the still... gardeners had to compensate by planting a lot of really odiferous flowers and stuff. It was part of their yes. job. Yes. Looks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> then there's also a fountain. I don't remember, but I'm sure there's a fountain in the center of the Topkapa, yeah. one of the opening courtyards that was known as the fountain of execution because the gardeners would wash the blood off of their hands in that fountain after they executed someone and apparently the water in that fountain was mostly red most all of the time because they were really busy yeah this yeah. i'm not i'm really like i'm not over any of it but i'm like really not over the fact that the head gardener had to do this <laughs> <laughs> i would pay so much money to see a sitcom about the guy who is the head gardener and just wants to tend to his plants and ends up having to execute people. <laughs> and, and, so, and Sophia's uh, wisely asking why the head gardener was the executioner. I don't think that's known. I think uh, my theory is the big scissors. It just makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it must be something with the tools, but, like, I'm sure a janissary has much more experience killing people than, like, a random gardener. He's got, like, so much dirt to fertilize with the that's bodies. True. I don't know. I, I don't think it's known. It's probably also like less of a conflict of interest than like a soldier because probably a lot of soldiers are getting executed. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the gardeners were also like kind of bodyguards, kind of customs guys, kind of police guys. They were like multifaceted. Were gardeners. they also like the surgeons or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, they would have a lot of knowledge about the human body. <laughs> very, like, not very far on the spectrum of, like, saving lives, but <laughs> yeah, on the opposite side. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you've been skipping ahead to avoid all of the morbidity, I think we're done now with this. But <laughs> if you want to learn more, there's a really fascinating article in the Smithsonian Magazine about all of this uh, that I will post on our Twitter when this episode gets posted. So that guy with the wimpy machete was the gardener, we guess. Yeah, I mean, we're they didn't have Topkapa yet, so I guess they probably didn't have it all figured out, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. It is in the yeah, era of Mehmet. Yeah, they had but the old... wimpy machete guy was going to have trouble. They had the old Byzantine yeah, sure. palace, which I can't remember where it was, or was it at Topkapa? But they just built over Probably. it. I can't remember the Probably. story. So now we're moving on into our favorite section, which is what the fuck, and hopefully we can give you some lightheartedness after the morbidity and uh, wanton death and destruction of our history section. The, the glow for me, the, the oracle glow. The glow? I thought the glow was pretty good. What's your problem with the glow? <laughs> it's too twilighty. It was just so, I just like burst out laughing when I saw it. It was like, unbelievable how bad it was. <laughs> for me was um i don't know if it was a what the fuck but it was like an ironic scene that i thought was funny when she like breaks the mirror which is like the op like she drives people crazy with her reflection thing like now all of a sudden she like the reflection thing like 
turns on her and she breaks the mirror. Like that was just also not logical because she's the one who controls when the mirror works. Like she can turn off the reflection thing. So it shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> she was pissed. All right. And the pee puddle mm. was interfering with her <laughs> magic. <laughs> just makes you laugh to think that he would pee facing the like the door like the guard he's always alert or he's showing his butt through the through the railing thing yeah because like the the placement of the puddle (laughs) does not make oh god the butt the butt was the first distraction he tried didn't work then he had to go to fire (laughs) oh my god also what the fuck just like what Zainab says when they turn her into the oracle she's like I can see the past the present the future I can see everything just like (laughs) I don't know we get it it. you're glowing (laughs) you don't need to exactly they have like they have an oracle script and like the oracle just says the same script every single time that they're on screen so of course now Zainab must adopt the oracle script and is this like a Brandon Stark situation where now that she's the Oracle, she like can't have an earthly life. She doesn't have emotions. She like doesn't give a shit. Is she gonna always glow? There's a lot of questions. Can the Oracle still? Is she gonna marry Hakan still? (laughs) Yeah. Or is it gonna be Bedin now? Oh God, please no. Can she? I mean, she's fine. I feel like she can very. If she like very deliberately clutches someone's forearm, she could transfer those powers. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you think you have to have a bleeding <laughs> stomach? Yeah. Donut hole. <laughs> Another what the fuck that was ridiculous is um, a Faisal going to the past to see Javedan. Like, really? Are you de- desperate? And B the whole speech monologue. <laughs> that was the rose. That fucking rose he had. Like, who are you impressing? Who are you- oh God. <laughs> My what the fuck links on to that scene because my what the fuck is what the fuck Ruya's wig, which has yeah. gotten like, I, you know how Sophia last episode you were talking about how Hakan's braid is his like hairline is receding. <laughs> Ruya's hairline is proceeding down her forehead. And now she has like the tiniest little forehead because that wig is just all over her face. I should have saved my my socks and greyhounds comment for the what the fuck section. Yeah, I had the dogs in my what the fuck section as well. Because what are they doing there? What the fuck old lady? Like, I appreciate that they're trying to actually deliberately set something up. But at this point, it's just getting annoying. It's like too late in the season. I agree with you. Yeah, it's just too late. You can't be introducing new characters now. It doesn't work. What the fuck, Shirin? Why? Why does she exist? Why is she in the (laughs) no but the most what the fuck shitting related thing is how hakan starts like bawling when she shows up yeah he's like you're dead and he's like he loves you so much which like how does he know is harun in his mind yeah why is it why are we a person who are we anymore i don't know (laughs) but shitting also doesn't know that that's not her dad yeah right like so I guess he has to pretend. Kosha's child should be able to pick up on the, the weird <laughs> I mean, honestly, anyone should should be able to pick yeah. up if your dad becomes a different person it's from one true. day to the next. 
It's true. Like to be pretty blunt, like he can pretend all he wants and he can pretend to care about this child who he's just meeting for the first time. Yes. But the child is not stupid. Like they would be able to know. I mean, she's definitely mom. Like, oh, my dad, my dad gives me bread. Especially when he, when he's screaming at her, he loves you. <laughs> not a normal thing for someone to scream at their child. Yeah. And then my last one is uh, what the fuck jailbreak. Like, I would have been happier if they had <laughs> legit copied the scene from Pirates of the Caribbean and had the dog. Like, that was so stupid. And he can't fight off Janissaries. Like, he became a good fighter, supposedly. <laughs> but only with the shirt on maybe the dog also though it's probably super copyrighted by disney yeah so. true true you have a cat it's a stumble so they, that's yeah a cat. Court. <laughs> or shannon runs up daddy i stole the keys <laughs> daddy you know that could have at least given her a reason to be in the episode <laughs> i came honey bread from the kitchens and, and <laughs> They gave me real food for one. <laughs> they gave me the green Did you know that food could be cooked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything beyond uh, the, the glowing. That was truly my, my standout. And all the time travel stuff we've already dissected at length. So I'm not going to reiterate the, the, the in particular, um, there's comments about like, she knows that she knows, but she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was really confusing. It's <laughs> incredible. All right. Well, that was season four, episode four. We've got three episodes left. And next time we'll be talking about season four, episode five, where I guess we'll find out about Zeynep's new powers and Shirin's next meal. So <laughs> we look forward <laughs> to that. Lady. <laughs> oh, and the stupid old lady who... <laughs> is like got tuberculosis or something for the way she was running around with her hand <laughs> on her face. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you guys next time.